Hey, good evening. This is Brian Bickford with Mainly Matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. I'll be interviewing people about their travel experiences, their travel businesses, and excursion desires, and explicitly, what makes Maine vacation land? You know that there's about 37 million people that come to our state. They spend money. They spend about $6.2 billion a year in this state. It represents about 16% employment in this state. So tourism and travel uh, is what drives Maine. Everybody wants to live here. They want to, and I believe that to be true, they want to adventure it. They want to climb it. They want to swim it. They want to ski it, and they want to go down rivers in it. So. Tonight, I have a really special guest. I have two people that have agreed to be one of our, our panel members. Uh, we're actually, uh, one of the panel members is Jim Merton, the owner of North Country River. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are we doing there? Good hey, to be thank on you. Board today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm also joined by Cliff Stevens, the owner of Moxie Adventures. Hey, how are you doing, Cliff? I'm doing good, Brian. Thanks for having me on your podcast. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I have to tell you that I actually had my first experience in the 80s. I uh, went with a few friends. Uh, we were probably a little frightened. Um, we, you know, got you got us all suited up. We got, you know, got our wetsuits on, um, got our paddles, got a, got some safety briefings, and then the first drop was just amazing. They're, start, they're starting to talk to us about things I've never heard of, like hydraulics and right returns and, and you know, hold on and don't knock people over. And, and the guys were well-trained and they were just so much fun and that leadership and that team building that went with that. I'm going to ask you, Jim, first, tell me us, tell my listeners about your first whitewater rafting adventure. Well, I, I started actually as just a, a guide. And uh, I, I started in uh, upstate New York on the Hudson River in the spring. And uh, it was an incredible experience. I loved it. And uh, I got a feel for it. Came back to Maine, started on the Penobscot River guiding, and then the Kennebec River. And just absolutely love it. And, and then, so um, that's amazing. So before you even actually guided, you must have had a couple experiences before that. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously I had training, you know, I had sky training, I've been uh, a whitewater kayaker, whitewater canoeist, and so that definitely helped contribute uh, to the skill set necessary to be a guide. Yes. And um, and then once you come, we came back here to Maine, um, it, you know, the Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife developed a, an incredible guide training, you know, requirements, and so we're all licensed as registered Maine guides here in Maine. And uh, I think that's really helped promote the sport, the quality of the experience, the safety of the experience. And it's, you know, it's just been a really fun, fun run for uh, 1980. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great journey. And how about you, Cliff? What was your first experience in um, getting into the water? Um, well, I uh, always kind of messed around on rivers, uh, building rafts and, you know, out of wood and, right. you know, just floating down and through the scouts and stuff. I worked at canoe liveries. All I said, my first job was renting out canoes or just being a, like a, a swamper. Right. But, uh, how I got into whitewater rafting is I was guiding, uh, hiking trips and we hiked into the forks and mm -hmm. crossed the Canabac river on the Appalachian trail ferry service. And, got a ride into town 
in Barry's store, and across the street there was an outfitter doing rafting trips. His name was uh, Dave Sargent. Mm-hmm. So I, I took a raft trip down down the Kennebec with, with his company, Wild Water Adventures, mm-hmm. and I got the bug to come up and be a main guide. And the next season I gave up the hiking guiding and, and came up to the forks and got trained became a whitewater guide. Now that was, uh, was in the eighties as well. <clears throat> that was in the early eighties. Yeah. Wow. You guys, you guys, when did you guys first, did you guys, when did you meet? How did you guys, uh, yeah, first get introduced to each other? Well, I actually, um, was like a freelance guide. So I, 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 I guided for Jim's company on the Kennebec and the Penobscot. And that's where I met him around, around the campfire and, uh, on payday. <laughs> right. That's a great way to do it. And, uh, so, so let's talk about some of the people that come here. Um, let's talk about that target audience. Cause I'm sure that you're inspiring future guides, future repeat customers. Jim, what, what is a, what is a, a guess your target audience? Um, who do you, who do you, you hope to, uh, to take on one of these experiences? You know, there's a tremendous diversity of guests um, that, that go with us, but um, you know, the, we do target families. We do target, you know, families and friends a lot in uh, groups. And uh, so that's very appealing. In addition to rafting, we offer packages, you know, that include camping, lodging meals and uh, you know we've also had an international following which of course uh, has fallen off in the last year due to the pandemic but i see that potentially coming back in the in the very near future here mm-hmm. and uh in cliff you know you see a lot of that i mean i hear jim talking a little bit um, about this diversification that kind of happens and uh talk to us about how you've kind of uh, approached that uh, offering to your to your customers? Um, I, I do a lot of like sort of 50% of my business is like summer camps, boy scouts and youth groups. So that's Mm -hmm. like the month of July that fills me up pretty good. And then on weekends, you know, you could, you could have any type of client. Um, so it's kind of like a shotgun blast of marketing to get, almost anybody you can any type of person that's what's great about these rivers up here is you can take a 10 year old kid or or 70 year old person and and it's safe there's ways to get down this river with um and show these folks this beautiful wilderness area this beautiful river and in a safe way and there's also a way to go down the river and get those thrill seekers what they're looking for that's you know, I know that there's these main rivers. Yeah. You know, let's talk about those rivers for a minute. We got the dead, the Kennebec and the Penobscot. Um, Jim, which ones are the more highly desirable? You know, they're all great rivers. They're all wonderful class four rivers and they, mm-hmm. they exceed the expectations of all of our guests. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, to be sure the Kennebec is probably the one I would recommend for first time rafters, families, Mm-hmm. And even experienced people have a great time. Uh, the Dead River, a little bit of a step up. You know, you've got 16 miles of white water on and off all day. Pretty incredible. Only runs about eight days out of the year, whereas yeah. the Kennebec and Penobscot run every day. And then finally, the Penobscot, of course, up in the shadows of Baxter State Park. Mm-hmm. is an incredible river. 
It's a class four river, but it's got a couple of class five sections in it that are just really amazing. You've got Ripogenus Gorge where we, you know, put it in the upper gorge, 80 foot cliffs, class five whitewater, reaching down to the crib works, down through Big A and, and, you know, just an amazing trip. So we try to match, you know, the trip to the customer and quite a few of our guests, you know, they'll start out on the Kennebec and then try the Dead, the Penobscot, whatever. And then even on the Kennebec, we have some really special trips four days out of the year where the power company, Brookfield, gives us, you know, turbine test releases, which are 8,000 cubic feet per second. Just really amazing. Right. Normally right. That, that river runs 5,000 cubic feet per second. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's an incredible trip. But the key is you've got the full spectrum of, of everybody out there from no experience right on up to experienced drafters and have an incredible time. Why do we have this great whitewater every, every day of the week? That's where we're really fortunate. Um, Brookfield Power on both the Kennebec and Penobscot and Dead Rivers, you know, has, has hydroelectric control of mm-hmm. the rivers and through, through their relicensing process. They've, um, you know, guaranteed us white water every day. So whether it's a high water year or a low water year, in Maine, we've got an incredible release every day throughout the season, which is incredibly unique. We're very fortunate to have that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really awesome. So, so Cliff, the old days, um, you didn't know what those releases were going to look like. And, I mean, you had to talk to us about the old days and then kind of bring us up to current so you got the technology to show you, probably without running out, uh, to see what the levels are going to be for the day. Um, in the old days, before we um, had the relicensing and predictable, more predictable water levels, you, you ran the rapids and um, – the guys had to be trained in monitoring the water levels because they could fluctuate um, higher to lower at any time. So, you know, it had a little more uh, stress on the guide and a little more uh, training involved to, to ensure that you, you got the good, safe ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so having these predictable three-hour releases, it just uh, it's, it makes it a lot safer. Yeah. And it, it, it makes it a little easier for a guide to become experienced and, and comfortable at running mm-hmm. those predictable levels. And our guide training, you know, we teach them how to recognize and run, you know, all, all different levels. Like main guide training really prepares these, these young people to run rivers anywhere. Right. And, um, now, let me ask. Let me let me ask you this, Jim. Um, what what do customers expect? What are they? You know, they're coming in probably a little, little bit of trepidation, a little nervous. Um, you know, what is your process of trying to understand their expectations and then managing those expectations? Well, you know, from first point of contact, whether it's through a website, chat, or over the phone, you know, we try to get to know our customer, what demographics they're from you know, what their goals and objectives are, what type Mm -hmm. of group composition they have. So we put a lot of effort into that to match up, you know, the optimal trip for each guest or each individual group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, that's, that's critical, you know, and so that, that really comes all the communication you do, all the marketing you do, and whether it's via brochure, website, email, chat, you know, nowadays there's so many great opportunities to communicate 
real high quality information with our guests to help them, you know, develop a trip that's just just right for them. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and Cliff, you know, you talked a little bit about the guides themselves. In my in my experience, you know, the the guide is your single point of contact once you're there, um, and that relationship is going to be really key. Talk about just that training. Going to dig in a little bit on, you know, what kind of training do they receive, um, and then what kind of personalities do you look for uh, that that's going to come on board with you as a guide? Well, one of the first things we look for um, when we, we pre-interview for our training program is, you know, basic manners, eye contact, you know, do they greet you, mm-hmm. say hello, because those are all the important things they're going to have to do with these uh, guests that they meet at when, they, when they're guiding trips. You know, they're, they're people who um, are looking to the needs of the clients they have mm-hmm. in their boat and recognizing, oh, this this girl is, is shivering or this guy is shivering and, mm-hmm. you know, give them, give them something to warm up a, a jacket or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get all kinds of young people that become whitewater guides and uh, it really, the training program, seven days long, uh, a lot, most of it is submersion into how to run a raft and what's going to happen. But we spend a lot of time on, uh, customer service and the the right and wrong things to to say to folks when you got them in the raft because, like you said, they are the main point of contact for right. most of the folks experiencing the trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's always been kind of curious to me because um, you know my experience is that everyone was was amazing and it seems like it's a it's a real powerful job does it take somebody of great physical physical strength to be able to be a mean guide because most of my guides have all been women no it's it's all finesse and communication and co- coaching really i mean yeah. it doesn't hurt to have uh to be strong sometimes but mm-hmm. you know reaching those eight people in your boat getting them to work with you coaching them through these rapids is really what makes a guide and we have tiny tiny guys and tiny women who guide and you know muscle bound ones as well right hey jim um i actually uh you know there, there's a lot of expectation at the end of the day uh you know customer expectation is probably met in some kind of survey or you know just feedback you know what are the things that you hear that they're walking away with that, that you feel like well, you've you've hit it you scored this person you've won them over well, you know, being immersed in, in just this incredible environment, mm-hmm. you know, going down these rivers, these pristine rivers, they're in conservation easements, they will never be developed. Those are, those, that in and of itself is, is just an incredible experience for most of our guests. To be sure, whitewater rafting is an amazing experience, and, and, and our guests love that. <clears throat> but when you complement it, with the pristine environment that we're in through these Kennebec Gorge, Penobscot Gorge, Dead River. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. I mean, the state of Maine has done such a phenomenal job along with, you know, the outfitters and the power company in protecting these rivers. And it's, mm-hmm. it's incredibly unique. It's, it's hard to describe. And, you know, and, and, you know, we hear it all the time. It was a thrill of a lifetime. And, and they've had a great time. And it's not only their personal experience, but the interaction 
mm-hmm. that they have with their family and friends in the raft with the guide. Um, and you know, it's the, the, the environmental impact is probably far exceeds the experience of whitewater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like watching eagles flying over Mount Katahdin, you know, yeah. going through Canvac Gorge, watching osprey drop down, you know, picking up salmon. I mean, these rivers are really what they were like 150, 200 years ago. And in some, in some instances, I would say they're probably even more pristine than they were 50, 75 years ago. Yeah. So the state of Maine's done a great job. I think the you know Federal Energy Commission's done a great job. Brookfield Powers definitely stepped up and helped out, and um, you know that that's a big part of it—not just the whitewater, the adrenaline, but also you know the environmental experience. But I hear it all the time too, um, and people will tell me, "I never thought I could do this, and now I know I can," and that's just so uplifting, so powerful for them as individuals. You know, it's been a it's been a few years since I've done it, but now you're getting me jazzed to go out there and do it again because I, I still feel that adrenaline. I have a couple pictures um, in one of the family rooms um, and just uh, love that experience. Now, Cliff, um, you said in 1980 you kind of got the bug, um, and then uh, I understand you you uh, you gained a wife named Michelle, and then you guys decided to kind of go all in and. And, and purchase a couple of things. Just talk us about that trajectory on um, how you really made the uh, the jump to to guide to owner. Um. Well, I was uh, partners in a in a business called North American Whitewater. I was the operating guy. That the the main owners lived in Connecticut, and I came up here, and they put me on a retainer and gave me a little piece of the company, mm-hmm. and and I freelance guided um that's that's how i met jim like i I mentioned earlier um and then uh i was uh we had we had a talk is the kind of a crazy story but Uh so every summer all the all these folks would come up and move into where we were living and 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 they let our dog out and he got hit by a car so i went up to this uh other outfitter and he had a campground I asked him if he he was selling his selling his campground, and so I asked him if he like made him an offer. And we're sitting in his office, and the phone is ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Well, I'll sell you that. I'll sell you the campground for that, but you got to take the rafting company because okay. he's done with rafting." And so I go, "I'll take the rafting company if I can answer that phone." And this is <laughs> mid July. I pick up the phone, and I get a, a booking for 35 people. Are you kidding me? So two weeks later, <laughs> I, I went down to my partner and told him I, I was done. You, you couldn't keep, the way the laws were then, you couldn't keep any of, you only own 9% of another company. So I had to give back part of the business. And uh, two weeks later, I had those 32 people on the river, and, that's when Moxie Outdoor Adventures started. Uh, that's amazing, and you know, I think that it probably wasn't dissimilar for you, for you, Jim. Talk a little bit about your trajectory from guide to, to owner. Yeah, I was uh, over in. Uh, well, first, first I was a guide, and and I loved it. I enjoyed it, um, and eventually, I I just said I'm going to start becoming an outfitter just for the challenge of it. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I based out of Caravasset Valley, I had one van, eight life jackets, eight paddles, <laughs> and I would drive over to the fork to meet my guests and take them down the river. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a one-man show at the time. And um, <clears throat> and so it, it progressively grew from there. Um, I thought, you know, I'll do this for three or four or five years. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Yeah, and it just it just continued on from there. You know, it was a challenge. It was a business challenge, of course, yeah. and also a challenge. You know, develop the infrastructure, the capital investment, the human resources aspects, and um, you know, it just continued. And I I don't regret a minute of it. I loved every bit of it. It's been an awesome uh, awesome experience being a guide and an outfitter. You know, and I did hear. I still guide. I still guide to this day. You know, it's funny, Jim, but I did hear a story that you started out of a van. Yeah, I did. I had, a, <laughs> had a, an old Dodge van, yeah. and eight light jackets and eight paddles, and my uh-huh. friends would help kayak along on the trips for safety. Yeah. And, um, and nowadays, we have much more extensive regulations that really have elevated the industry quite a bit. Not only right. guide, you know, guide, you know licensing but also the operations and allocation systems and and, and Maine ha- has really been looked on as is really an, an incredible example for other states that have tried to utilize the the rules and the laws and regulations of Maine right right now it's uh so cliff it, it becomes somewhat of a family uh, engagement I, I understand that uh, daughter Kate uh, and um, I believe was it uh, is it Emily as well is involved in the business somewhat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Kate is uh, up there all the time, yeah. uh, guiding. She manages all kinds of things. The you know guest services, food. She's a jack of all trades. Great, great with um, logistics. It's it's funny because sometimes we'll be having a a day that has a lot of moving parts and pieces and I'll have my plan and then she'll right. pipe up. No, no, no. Why aren't we doing <laughs> it this way? Yeah. And, uh, she's recently been right more than wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Michelle's always, she's a teacher, but she's always mm-hmm. up there in the summers backing me up. And Emily, um, you know, she helps out with housekeeping and serving and things like that. So we've been blessed and to be able to share those times together for sure. You know, and it's uh, and Jim, you've got is it Shane and Elva that have been involved? And Elva, I think, is doing his his own thing. Yes, yeah, Shane, my son Shane and Elva both guided for North Country Rivers. Yeah, and uh, Shane was back in the early '90s, and then uh, Elva has probably been working for North Country since he was 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, he got, he guided for us, worked extensively in the office, and then he went ahead and started his own business. He's running Maine Kayak down on the coast of Maine, just outside Damariscotta. Mm-hmm. And he runs, um, you know, overnight trips on the Maine Island Trail. He runs, um, he runs, you know, you know, half day, full day rentals, kayaks. So he gained a lot of experience. You know, working for North Country Rivers, and now, you know, he's running Maine Kayak, and he's doing a great job. Shane awesome. did an awesome job guiding. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on to be a computer engineer, and so he's doing that. 
Mm-hmm. He still comes back to Maine, and you know we have a lot of fun on the rivers with, mm-hmm. with him and his family. And right. uh, so it's been it's been wonderful being able to share the business, the river, and the development of North Country with my family. Yeah. Uh, right now, my wife's picking the phone up to get a reservation. So yeah, okay. uh, we uh, you know we're all tuned right into it. That's awesome. And you know, here's here's the big question, and we're all trying to understand this crazy last year and and what it means i i I heard some statistics that uh annually is about ninety thousand people would come to do some whitewater rafting and is it is it true that i heard it was down the like 3500 3400 last year because of covid i think that might have been 35 to forty thousand. but yeah there's been a you know there was a big hit last year um as a result of covid of course it affected the main economy, the national, the global economy, and it's been a big deal. We're still working with it, but I'm, I'm starting to see, you know, some potential. Um, I think, you know, last year we had to wait. We had to submit our operational plan to the governor, okay. and uh, it wasn't until mid-June before we were operational. This year, we're going to be starting in April and going, you know, right through. So we'll have that momentum going forward. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the pandemic is something we all went through individually as a country you know do, you know working through it and um everybody you know contributing to do their best to get us going again here and and i i see a lot i see that happening this year maybe it'll be 2022 before you know we're back to where we were pre-pandemic but i i see this as being a really good good year and much much better than last year great and and cliff what is what is the plan for your company when it comes to um COVID and protecting your your guests? Um, well, we, you know, do all the protocol and everything and keep mm-hmm. everything clean and up the snuff that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, you know, we still have a lot of youth groups that aren't going to be attending. So mm-hmm. we're juggling ways to, uh, you know, accommodate different groups that have concerns, especially with kids. Mm-hmm. We'll just yeah. keep chugging away like last year, and and hope for hopefully it uh, as everybody gets vaccinated, they relax a little more, and and it, and it opens back up. Yeah, and and Jim, um, we you talked a little bit about the state doing a, a good job, um, not just through COVID and communication, but you know prior to that, kind of opening up, um, you know, the field and making it uh, kind of you know travel worthy, you know, of the expectation of of visitors to Maine, but let's just talk about, you know, um, their responsibility. What is the, what is the state's responsibility to, um, to your business particular, and then overall to, uh, to Maine excursions? Well, I mean, getting back to fish and wildlife, um, you know, they did a great job. They partnered with us. I submitted, and along with other outfitters, submitted operational plans to the governor's office. And, uh, you know, we, I think we finally were accepted after the 13th application, but, mm-hmm. you know, Fish and Wildlife got involved, uh, Steve Allery, the Whitewater Game Warden, the commissioner, the colonel, they all got involved and helped, you know, get the communication through to the um, governor's office. I mean, this is a very complex, unique circumstances. So it was difficult to develop public policy from the governor's position. I mean, how do you sit there and try to develop regulations and plans and good public policy 
with circumstances that we had last year. Totally right. unique, never experienced it at all. I think they did a very good job in developing public policy and communications at, you know, at the highest level. I think Fish and Wildlife did an incredible job helping us through the process. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, we're, we're still, you know, following, you know, the latest public policy recommendations that the governor has through executive orders. And, you know, optimistically, they, you know, just a couple of days ago said that we could go to 75% capacity. Mm-hmm. And then as of May 1st, 100% capacity for, you know, outdoor events. So right, right. that's really positive. We're still going to have to, you know, follow all the recommendations of the CDC and the governor's office. But we're feeling real good about it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely was something that we definitely had to work together on. You know, and we definitely needed leadership from the governor's office and we needed leadership from Fish and Wildlife. And we needed to work together as an industry. We all work together to help develop these operational plans and policies. So I'm feeling really good about it. I think mm-hmm. it's going to get better and better. And we just have to, you know, stay focused on the, on the goals we have. Yeah. And I can't tell you how excited our guests are, our customers are. They're, Every day they're telling us we can't wait to get up to Maine. We can't mm-hmm. wait to get in the outdoors. I want to get out there with my friends and family. And, you know, so and I'm, I think it's been a wonderful experience working with, you know, the governor's office, Fish and Wildlife, all the outfitters. We all work together. So right. very, right. Po- very positive. And I think that momentum is going to keep going forward. That's great. And, so, Cliff, um, you're talking to a new potential customer. Um, what, did, what do you want them to know about uh, their first experience coming to Maine and doing doing a, a guided rafted tour? Um, pretty much, you know, the, the beauty of this, this great wilderness area, how safe and, and accessible it is that they can comfortably come up here, whether they've rafted before or not, and get any experience they'd like from just a float down the river to, you know, the class five rapids of Katahdin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to encourage them to spend some more time in the area, whether it's doing raft trips with me or kayak or canoe to, you know, just hanging around and checking out Greenville, shopping over there take a hike, go fishing, that there's so much here. A lot of um, our, my guests and the industries, I believe, they only come for a couple days. Right. They're not sticking around um, like they should to see everything that's around here. There's so much that you could right. do. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing is that um, you guys have both have companies. There's a, a lot of people coming. Um, Jim, tell uh, our listeners where they can find you and how best to get in contact with you and how to create that relationship with your company. Well, certainly you can, um, you know, call us seven days a week. <laughs> you can communicate through our website. You can email us, you know, any way possible. We're happy to help develop a wonderful outdoor experience for them and um, you know northcountryrivers.com 1-800-348-8871 
and we'd be happy to help help them answer all their questions and develop their their main outdoor adventure. And and Cliff, what is the uh, what's the largest group that you'll take on? Uh, we can take about up to two hundred people. Wow, wow! And you guys, tell us how how, we, how our guests uh, can can contact you. Um, they can contact us by um, our by telephone, email, text, Facebook. Um, they'll always get a very knowledgeable lady by the name of Adrian who will help them put together their their trip. Um, and you can check out moxyrafting.com and our phone number is 800-866-6943. We're, um, we'll be answering the phone seven days a week, uh, eight, to, eight to six usually, but we pick it up all night long too, just like Jim's wife just did. Okay. I hear her working hard in the background. That's good news. That uh, that Those calls are money. So, hey, Jim Merton and Cliff Stevens, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Um, I think our listeners will really enjoy this information, get excited, get jazzed, come up and spend some money. And guys, I'm going to promise you I'm coming up. I'm coming up this summer. We're going to do it. Thank you so much, right. guys. Yeah. This is Brian. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much. This is Brian. Be on the river, Brian. (laughs) You bet. Mainly matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night. All right. Good night. Take care. Good night, Jim.